0: This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch Podcast
1: on the WVSA Digital Network. From the SportPens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show on tap. Before we welcome our guest, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. With us is Jared Minick, Director of Grounds for Maryland Soccer Plex, Lead Advisor, Natural Grass Advisory Group, and Field Surface Advisor. Advisor for Major League Soccer, Jared. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you today? Doing well. We appreciate I you stand, coming. You're staying warm. It's getting yeah, warm. Yeah, I know. Though. It's, it's, it's incredibly cool, chilly it? in this part of the nat- part of the woods.
0: <laughs> well, we'll be. It's. I I said to somebody the other day. Um, we'll be cutting grass in eight weeks. So that's. The,
1: isn't that the truth?
0: Keep that in mind. That in
1: mind. Excellent. Or, or you the, the you could see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. <laughs> yep well we appreciate you coming on the show today we're going to be talking to our uh, uh, recreational grassroots clubs uh, those volunteers and administrators that take care of the grass fields uh, here in our state and uh, want to talk a little bit with Jared about uh, springfield maintenance things that they can do to help improve uh, their fields uh, throughout the throughout the spring season things they should be looking for common problems that most fields have during the spring season season and then just you know basically just giving some practical advice so why don't you go ahead and just start us off we have a uh, Jared has a presentation uh, about field maintenance go right ahead Jared yeah
0: thank you thank you I think um, hopefully we can provide some provide some insight I I mean you it, it, as, as you gave my background I think the the thing I would encourage everyone first is is um, I'm, I'm gonna have, I'm going to have some examples. Most of my examples will be from Maryland Soccerplex, which is a which is a youth facility. Um, obviously, though, um, uh, equipment-wise and, and staffing-wise, a little different because a, a 24 field facility that's dedicated solely to to maintaining fields um, is a little different than than volunteers taking care of a field. Uh, but uh, or, or even pro level examples, I got a few of those, but. Don't, don't dismiss what I'm saying by, you know, imme- immediately saying, well, you know, we don't have that budget, we don't have the time, we don't have the people. Um, you know, if there's anything you can take away from what I share, um, just a little piece. Hopefully, that's really the goal today is just to try to help you just a little bit, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense at all. So, um, one, of the, um, one of the key things I like to kind of you know, I guess with that said, to keep to keep an open mind with the examples, but I uh, I, I really enjoyed quotes and and kind of thinking about these things a little differently. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, "If you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten." Uh, and that's really that's really how we run our operation at Soccerplex. It's how the the uh, advisory firm that that I work for. That's how they really operate. Um, that's really what you know, new age field managers, if you will. We're trying to think about, so we, we know what the problem is. We know that we have high use fields that, that need to be open, you know, as many days of the year as they could possibly be open. Um, so how do, we, how do we provide that kind of surface? How do, how do we provide a, a field that can, that can meet those demands and or expectations? Um, we also know that fields typically, or, or grass fields typically, you know, get a reputation that they fail or there's a lot of issues or it's challenging. Um, So really kind of one of the the things I encourage you as we talk about this, well, if you tried something in the past and it didn't work, let's try something different. Let's not do the same thing. Let's try something different Um, because maybe we can get a different result. You know, the definition of sanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, So, you know, the thing we, things we talk to field managers about professional level field managers are if if a field failed, then uh, typically we might say, well, it got too much use. Well, maybe it was our maintenance that failed instead of too much use. Maybe we should change the way we're maintaining the field. So just a little, little encouragement just to kind of evolve as we as we look at um, to look at ways or things to focus on, especially in the springtime. Um, yeah, we, as we were just, as we were just opening here, I, I, made, you know, we chatted about how cold it's been and, you know, now there's been a lot of snow and a lot of rain. Um, I mean, you all, good part of the state, um, just like us over here in Western Maryland, um, we're extremely dry going into, into even around Christmas time. Um, we had irrigation on at Soccerplex. Uh, we just blew it. I just blew it out. Um, I guess this past week, uh, the first week of the year. Um we we had you know had irrigation on later than we ever have uh because in, in National Weather Service actually or, or NOAA had us in a in a drought situation. Um not anything like California or Colorado is facing, but for our area we were definitely dry. Um now that's changed. Um the good thing is a lot of the snow and a lot of this rain is going to soak into the soil over the next two, three, four, five weeks, especially if if things kind of trend the way they're looking that that it looks like Uh, we're going to warm back up a little bit. Um, So you're obviously dealing with wet fields is one of the biggest challenges in the springtime. Um, This up and down is good for that though. These 40, you know, we have some 40 degree, 50 degree days. uh, Today as we're talking, um, we're not going to go above freezing over here in Maryland. So I'm sure that you have locations in West Virginia that are, that are not going to get into the 20s today. That's good because that's mother nature giving us free soil decompaction. The freezing and thawing is fracturing that soil, especially with as much rain and moisture, right, as much moisture as we've had. So that ice that's, that's you know, forming down through that soil is softening up that soil. Um, so straight away, this kind of up and down, it's annoying for us as humans because one day we might wear a Light jacket. The next day, we might need a parka. Um, it's great for the soil because it warms up, thaws out, or, or warms up and thaws out, cools back down, freezes. Really, the the more the more freezing and thawing we get, the better off for the for the soil. Um, so there is a positive to it. It's is uh, to, to take away. So. Um, Really one of the biggest things we encourage folks for with springtime maintenance is, um, you know, in in alluding to that, if you do have puddles, one of the first things to do, even in February time, if you get a nice day and it's, and you've got low areas on fields that are puddles and you have some, and you you have a squeegee, uh, a hand pump, some way to get the water out of the puddles. As soon as you get the water out of the puddles, the better, um, because then you don't have to wait for that. Um, your, your high spots on your field are going to be dry and your low spots are still going to be wet. Um, also, um, just as a rule of thumb, we, we try to get, we encourage people to take a, get a, get a couple of, or get a case of green paint, um, aerosol cans of green grass paint and mark those low spots. Because then once the grass starts growing, if you can take a sod cutter out and just fix those certain spots, just, you know, hand side cutter from a rental place. Uh, there's a couple of really good sod farms in West Virginia. Um, there's one up by Charlestown that that has um, has some of the best best varieties of sod in the whole country. Um, uh, green uh, Green Horizons, I believe, is what it's called. It could be could be wrong there, but um, you know, if there's some small spots like that, go ahead and just fix them. You know, it's it's not a lot of work. It's not it's not a lot of money. Well, I say it's not a lot of work. It's a sod cutter and a shovel, so it is it's some work. It's some work, but it's not a lot of money. Uh, it's one good thing is it's not expensive to. Same thing for your gold mouse if they're bare completely and, and you can get in in February time and, and, and there's not too much frost in the ground and get some sod down. That's uh, it's really a good time because you know the grass can, grass can grow some roots before mid mid-mar- mid March, early April before the, the season really picks up. Uh, so addressing those, those small areas is, is important because um, you don't want a small 1,000 square foot spot to keep you from using your whole two-acre field. Um, so just you know, thinking about it that way, what's the, what's the lowest common denominator to address? Uh, so then once you get into bigger bigger things, I mean, mowing is usually the first thing that we encourage people to do to their field in the spring to, to get the brown cut off the grass uh, and when I'm talking about Molly, I'm talking about scalping, really in in a, in a way in the springtime. If a, if you're cutting with a like a Z, zero turn or such, and you're cutting it two and a half, three inches tall, probably typically I, I would assume that most of the rec fields are being cut. You now cut it down to an inch, inch and a half, or excuse me, inch and a half to two inches. Cut it down into the brown, get the brown, let that sun. Get to one any green leaves that might be there because those green leaves are going to, and you know, that's where photosynthesis is at. You know, we're, we're going back to uh, uh what is the Adam Sandler movie that he talks? You know, uh, chlorophyll, borophyll, yeah. I guess it's a to- Tommy Boy. It's a, it's um, you know, that's, it's important if you if you don't have green leaves, you don't have energy production. So the quicker you get the sunlight to the green leaves down in the crown of the plant down towards the ground. Also, the more leaf tissue you cut off, the easier it is for the sunlight to get to the soil. The whole key for spring greenup is getting the soil temperature up, getting the soil temperature to be warmer. Now we need 55, 50 to 55 degrees soil temperature for Kentucky bluegrass and fescue to really start to go. um, Perennial ryegrass will, will start to grow, you know, Mid 40s, low maybe low 50s, and that's it. That's in the top two inches. Uh, if you're uh, if you just enjoy it, I know we were we were chatting about chatting about how uh, you know uh, maybe a lot of you are kind of novice and you but you enjoy this. Take your meat thermometer with you when you go out on the field and uh, stick that little baby in the ground. You know, and then you. I mean, that's. Uh, we we work with proteins all over the world, and, and my slow temperature thermometer is a meat thermometer that I got from Lowe's. <laughs> so that's as sophisticated as it gets right there. So let me, a, just... let
1: me let me ask you while you're on this while you're on this subject, sure, talking about sure. cutting, um, and I think this may be an overlooked point for a lot of the folks that deal with maintenance and mowing. Um, I know once I started doing this, I saw dramatic results. Sharpening the blade on your mower talk to us about the importance of having a sharp blade on that mower
0: and it's it's vital it's vital to not rip you can get a clean cut and, and and keep that grass moving through but but equally to that is not is is you know keeping a sharp blade but then also not overworking the blade the blades that you have you know not cutting off too much grass at one time um we <laughs> mowing is time consuming but from a rec field standpoint, it's probably, you know, outside of soil decompaction, which we'll talk about, the lack of mowing is, the, is probably the, the leading factor for low-quality recreational fields. Is it's, and I'm not talking about that, hey, we have to mow them short, short. But I'm talking about, it, even if you're mowing at two inches, if, if you're going to ever get below two inches, you should probably be mowing twice a week. Or at least the the thickest spots on your field two times a week. You know, being able to get consistent so you're not cutting too much I see more fields damaged because they have too much grass cut off them at one time than I do any other single thing that I see with rec fields. And, and that's consistent across the country. That, but, but and then in fairness, I mean, volunteers and people thought, you know, mowing is expensive to pay a contractor. It's time consuming to have. To have a volunteer come and do, but it's so important. The other part is the more you mow, so the less you're cutting off, the more positive fertilizer, more the positive, the better feeding you're giving your field because the smaller the clippings, the easier it is for the soil microbes to break them down and actually return them back to the soil to actually use as natural fertilizer. You know, if it's in the leaf blade, the plant has wanted it its roots have taken it up and brought it into the plant. It's, it's eaten that food out of the soil. It's in the leaf blade. So when you cut off those, you cut off that tissue, you return it back to the soil. That's free fertilizer. Take it. Now, if you're scalping and cutting way too much grass, you know, every single time you're just going to accumulate thatch because there's no way for the soil microbes to keep up with that kind of mass, that kind of volume. Um, So it's, so it's really important, but to your point with sharp blades, I mean, if you're going to get a clean cut with some fine fine clippings, it's really important, really important. It's important for the grass not to beat it to death. Is is unscientific <laughs> as that is, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really key point. And you know, in in the springtime when you scalp it down, you may need to mow it two or three times. You, know, you may need to mow over it and then mow, you know, come back the next day, mow over it again, mow it a different, cut it a different direction. Um, you know those kinds of things to be able to to be able to bring that mowing height down, get get the sunlight to the canopy, get the sunlight you know to those green leaves, get the sunlight to that soil to help that plant green up and really start to start to grow. And at the same time, once you're cutting green grass, to be able to provide natural fertilizer for your field, um, especially on native soil fields. So that's uh, which which everyone you know at this level is really really has. So does that um, what what do you typically see, um, most clubs cutting their, cutting their fields with just a, a
1: zero turn or such? Um, usually just a typical riding mower that you would get at a, uh, a home improvement store. Oh. I mean, some places have a zero turn. Um, but I think mostly it's just a, you know, typical riding mower that,
0: gotcha. you know, it's, it's amazing that even at the pro level, well, especially the pro level, um, most or, or a good portion of the the um, the pro-level fields are cut with walk-behind mowers now. Now they have staff to cut. You know they have you know, they have the staff to cut with with three different walk-behind mowers. But there's a lot of good quality walk-behind mowers. that would be you know 30 to 36 inches wide that that uh, can actually make a make a pretty good impact and and you you can actually mow more than you realize. You know, when you you put two or three of them out there, even with a, you know, 21 inch push mower. Um, My first, my first job in pro sports was, uh, I was on the grounds crew for the Kansas City Royals as an intern. And my first day, we, me and one other intern push mowed the entire outfield. It's like, well, what about all those mowers sitting in that shop? And it's like, you know, they wanted to collect clippings and get everything. So it's, you don't have to have fancy mowing equipment to be able to have, to have success, especially if you, if you stay on it and, and do it often, you know, to be able to, to be able to not cut too much at one time. Um, but it's really it's really important in the spring to get the to get the spring green up um, to be able to, to have success. Um, the The next thing we encourage in the springtime is is to now we just talked about Mother Nature is doing us a favor by taking compaction out of the soil. Um, if you have access to any sort of aeration equipment. Um, now, typically, we would recommend it be done in the fall uh, to be able to foster more freezing and thawing. Um, but especially in high traffic areas, goal mouths, uh, right down the middle of the field. Um, I'll I'll show you some traffic maps as we close out. Uh, in in soccer, at least on a full on a full sided match, um, typically. 75% of a match is played on about 35%, 40% of a field. Uh, I mean, I'm, we're still trying to figure out how to bribe bribe coaches to go do warm-ups in, in the corners. <laughs> we're trying to, and it's, um, I had a, and I'll show I'll show you a map. I, I had the privilege of, of overseeing field maintenance for uh, MLS's back, the, the uh, return to play tournament we did in 2020 after the stop of the season. Um, we play 51 matches in 35 days on, on just three fields um, at, at Wide World of Sports at, at Walt Disney World. Um, every single professional team, every single youth team, uh, kind of the thing that we kind of the, the thing that happens is you warm up in front of your bench. And the area in front of the benches during that tournament. Was a bigger problem than the goal mouse, was a bigger problem than the center circle that was right in front of the benches where every single team warms up. Um, so, you know, that, that's a whole nother discussion of, of encouraging coaches to think about not warming up in the same spot because it does have an impact on play. But our maintenance has to offset that. So, if we can have access to airification equipment, to, to soil decompaction equipment, to break up that compaction, uh, that field's going to be more compact in front of that bench or in front of that goal or down the middle of that field, where 75% of the play is at. Um, you don't need to spend time and money on decompacting the soil in the corners of the field, unless you have coaches that are already, you know, thinking about spreading it out. Um, and and most clubs do not. So um, so you, you can you can I got a video here. If you're watching this, this the decompaction machine working, um, it's probably worth considering um, having having some sort of funds to be able to maybe fund a, a contractor to do some spot airification, decompaction. Excuse me, I'm, I'm using the word airification, a uh, uh, kind of in replacement of decompaction. Airification is essentially. You know, Letting air into the soil, which is what soil decompaction is doing, is letting air into the soil. So, so I apologize for the, the confusion of the terminology. I, I mean decompaction each time. So I'll try to be a little more, a little more clear on that. Um, I, we field people throw around these terms that we just assume people know and, and they don't. And they don't, and that's okay. Um, so you know, if you have a fund that you can pay a contractor, you know, or or partner with a contractor locally that could that come in and just hit your high traffic areas, you know, once or twice, three times a year, whatever it might be. Um, you know, this time of the year in the spring, the only areas that you would need to hit are your high traffic areas. The rest, your corners and such, don't need it because Mother Nature's taking care of it. Really, what you're trying to do is even up the whole field. And you know, let's say Mother Nature has broken compaction and, and, and reduced soil compaction by, let's say, twenty percent across the whole field. Well, if the middle of the field is 50% more compact than the outside of the field, well, you still only load, your your middle's still going to be more compact. So that's why you would have a contractor or, or you know doesn't matter if it's a pitchfork. Yeah, it takes time, but a pitchfork and a gold mouth just to kind of work it and break up the soil that's fine. Um, for your little right for your mower, um, you know something I just thought of that we, we see several clubs do. You can get a spiker, a lawn spiker. It doesn't seem like it would help a lot. A spiker is really, if it's got slicing blades on it, knives, really, really helpful. Uh, the spoons, like to pull the plugs, not really as helpful, but if, if you can get a, a pull-behind spiker that you can, and we, we I know some clubs that they essentially pull that around each time that they mow. You know, so they're spiking the surface almost every single time that they mow, you cannot spike slice like that too much um so it would be be a great thing Um, just you don't want to do it when it's super hot and dry if you don't have irrigation um but especially spring and fall the more you could spike it um just to open it up that's a that's a great thing it's a great thing so i um i should have thought of that before about how how simple something like slicing spiking really is because it makes such a you, you don't feel like you're necessarily doing a lot but you are i promise you. Um, it's definitely making a difference um, so something to also in the spring to think about would be a compost application um, to be able to help stimulate the soil microbes we were talking about breaking down um, breaking down those grass clippings to be free fertilizer you know, the soil is a living you know living organism in itself um, you know, there's hundreds hundreds of thousands and if not millions of, of different types of soil, bio, of biology in the soil that are, that are, it's, it's a living thing itself. Um, the more you feed that, uh, the better off and stronger your grass is going to be, um, a compost application. I got a, a photo of, of product, uh, from a company called earthworks, uh, that we use at Maryland soccerplex and that we use at natural grass advisory group. Um, as a has, um, just it's chicken compost. I mean, it's literally just, just chicken manure that's been, that's been composted and uh, chicken, chicken, especially egg laying chickens. Uh, they feed the chickens a lot of feed to be able to produce eggs. And uh, something like 70% of what they feed them comes out their back end. Well, that's, that's free fertilizer in a way. Sometimes it's not free because you still have to buy it, but you now, once they compost that it's extremely rich in minerals it's extremely high in calcium which is really really important for for plants especially on our soils um, a lot of the soil through West Virginia is pretty similar to our soil here in western Maryland that that yeah, calcium is really important for it really important um, you know a, a compost like this would be at least 10 percent in calcium why you know calcium is good for for the eggs because it helps makes the egg makes the eggshell. It's also good for the plant because it helps the plant you know be stronger, just like kind of making that eggshell stronger. Um, so just you know following any spring arification or such. Um, also microbes will actually, you know, and there's things that'll actually decomp you know uh decomp- decompact the soil itself. Like the soil will decompact itself if you if you feed it uh, properly, uh, and, and I'm not saying use uh, a lot of synthetic fertilizer. We're not big advocates for using a bunch of synthetic fertilizer to jumpstart anything because you, you're not you're not working with the budgets for that. But also, it's just there's, there's not that much benefit to it. Yes, if your soil test is calling for some synthetic fertilizer, um, maybe you can add some. But in most of your situations, I don't expect that's probably going to be the case. Um, so we typically. We typically recommend some sort of, of organic fertilizer to be able to just feed, but then also stimulate the soil to get the double benefit of, of that to be able to have success. Um, any, did that bring any, any questions to mind? I know the fertilizer can be really, really confusing, but um, we, we try to keep it pretty simple.
1: Yeah, no, no, not at all. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, okay. So... Um, Something else in the spring, um, if if, uh, if if you have access to something that we call them grow, grow covers, grow blankets, um, you know they're they're big big sheets of, of plastic or such that essentially like a make a greenhouse. Um, even if your covers are on for you know two weeks, um, it can help your grass green up. You know we, we encourage clubs to maybe do this on the gold mounds that are thin. You can throw some grass seed down in the thin area, cover it up for a few weeks, just to try to, you know, or you can, you can cover it up as long as you want. Um, you know, at least you know, when it's not actively growing, um, it makes a dramatic difference. You can get seven to 10 degrees uh, difference in the soil temperature and, in the can- and even more than that, uh, you know, 10, to, 10 to 15 degrees in the, in the, the grass canopy during the day. Uh, it will help your grass green up earlier. If, if you need green up and you need recovery, um, you don't have to cover the whole field. You, know, you can just cover certain areas, certain spots that you're having problems with. you want to get some seed grown in. Uh, that's a really good, really good tool to be able to kind of spot check or spot spot treat some areas. Uh, something else that that also makes a dramatic difference is paint. Um, they make they make grass paint, uh, literally just green paint for grass <clears throat> to be able to <coughs> excuse me. You think about you put your you put your hand on a you know uh, a surface like a like your car car hood or, or something that's a, a dark surface on a on a sunny afternoon in the in the wintertime it's warmer um, you know we this uh, I, I put a pho- photo in here of we painted the middles of the fields at soccerplex for the winter um, to be able to generate heat and be able to keep growth happening now this photo's also got some grow sheets and grow covers on the gold mouse, but it wouldn't be cost effective to be able to go out and cover every single every single field because the covers would be too expensive so using the using the paint as our friend to be able to absorb some extra heat and maybe You know, we've seen about two weeks extra growth out of this, which is really important to us because we we finished right right around Thanksgiving time. You know, it's going cold. We're not getting much growth. If we can get two weeks more growth to get recovery, then we're that much closer to being ready for springtime. Um, Same thing in spring green up. If you put some green paint out in early March, um, you know, even if it's just around your high traffic areas that you just want to try to get some, stimulate some growth, it's you can you can buy different paint products on the internet and mix them up and put them in a hand hand sprayer and just spray them on those areas. Um, no problem. No problem at all. It's really simple. Um, and not nearly as expensive as, as having to buy covers. Not it's not as efficient or as effective as buying covers or using covers, but it absolutely helps. Um, so a you know, small thing like that to try to try to save some money. Um, when you put down your seed in the spring, you know, if you if you're you got some areas that are thin. Um, I put a put a photo in the in in the slides here. If you if you're if you're watching online with us, um, the importance of working the seed in. That you can see the seed lines from our slit seeder uh, at, that we use at Maryland Soccerplex to cut the cut the seed into the soil to where the cleats don't get to the crown of the plant. Uh, if you just sprinkle your seed across the top and then just play on it, then the cleats are right there in that seed and they can rip the seed out of the ground. So even if you're seeding by hand, you take a little garden weasel. something or a hard rake, uh, mix your seed with some soil and and throw out the seed soil together where the, you know, got a bucket full of, you got some, got a, you know, say do half a bucket of soil um, do, you know, four or five handfuls of seed, mix all that together. Then you can throw your seed and soil out together. So then your seed's just not laying on the ground where one, the cleats will tear it out or two, the birds will come along and eat it. Um, You know, kind of preserve that Preserve that seed and give it a chance because your fields are going to get beat up. You're going to use them. That's that's what they're there for. It's important. So to be able to to be able to protect that to protect that seedling to be able to let it kind of get germinated and get get established. Uh, the new seed varieties. They, it's it's incredible. The the photo I'm showing. This is this is two weeks after seeding with Kentucky bluegrass. Um, and Kentucky bluegrass is typically thought to take. You know, 14 to 21 days to germinate. This is 14 days, and I mean there's spots on, you know, there's there's spots on this field that that are going to need to be mowed in in another week. Uh, so, uh, those kinds of grass seed, that's another thing that's important. Um, you might pay more money for grass seed, but you don't need to use it on the whole field. You would just use the better quality grass seed in the middle of the field, in your high traffic areas. Uh, in your thin spots down the middle, like to use those better varieties of seed. um, Yeah, they are at least double the price. But if you have $100, you know, in theory, if you have $100, I'd rather you spend $100 in seed for the middle of the field versus $50 or $100 for the whole field. So focus your resources in the high traffic areas because those are the areas that are obviously giving you trouble. but it's really really important to get that seed worked in to give it a chance. Um, you can throw. I uh, just put a put a photo in here of us top spreading some sand for top dressing. I mean, you can you know get get a few buckets of sand and just spread the sand by by hand as well to protect the crown, protect that growing point as that seed germinates. Now describe the mix of seed together with the soil. Now even as the seed starts to come up, okay, yeah, you're getting some good growth. You know, throw a little sand in there. You know, throw a little compost in there. Um, just pr- don't bury it, but just protect the crown. You know, just help help provide a barrier between the cleat and the and the seedling itself, just to be able to give a little bit of a little bit of extra chance to help that seed survive. Um, it's
1: one of my favorite activities. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. And and also you can use something like um, uh, profile porous ceramic turfus. Uh, you can you can use that like you use that typically on baseball fields. Uh, you don't want to use that and play on it immediately, but it, you can also use because that absorbs water and it also is, is porous, so it has airspace to be able to hold hold some nutrients and some water. Uh, works really well also to be able to to be able to be effective and, and impactful as well. So um, I described I described all these things. You know, we talked about the talked about cutting down the grass. Yeah, to get the get the sunlight to the to the canopy to the soil. Uh, we talked about, you know, getting some compaction out, we talked about adding some some compost and or some organic fertilizer to stimulate some growth. Um, and we talked about the importance of good seed and, and you know, getting that seeds of seed soil contact. These are things that I would encourage you as I as I use that quote you know, in the past, if you've tried something and it's worked and it hasn't worked, like these are the areas that are really important to make changes, because if you get uh, if you get those things right, you get those things, you you improve and and, and you know evolve your tactics to be able to have some success. Um, you know, the, these are the areas that are the most important. Um, now, for maximum efficiency. Uh, you can use the best grass seed in the world, but if you're not, if you don't get the grass cut down and, and mowed and, and keep it mowed properly, then you're not going to get the maximum results out of that best grass seed. Um, same thing with, you know, if you if you've got compaction that you just can't get out of the soil, then the grass is really never going to grow, no matter how much fertilizer you throw out no or how much you mow it or how much grass seed you put on it. That compaction, you know, it's if I if I handed you a plate of food. And, and sit here, you know, let's have some lunch, but then I put a plastic bag over your head where you can't breathe. If if the soil is compact, there's no airspace. So the microbes can't breathe. To break down any fertilizer you put in there, the roots can't grow down because there's no airspace. Um, so that's really, it's really important to remember that that it's a puzzle. It's really a puzzle. Like you, you have to have the pieces of the puzzle right. That doesn't mean it's complicated. Uh, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by that, but but each thing you do is important um, and don't minimize, don't minimize. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I didn't see, it. I didn't see a big change in this. It's, it's a process. You know, we go back to, we, we, we go back to the, uh, the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban type, type philosophy of, of trust the process. You have to trust the process because maintaining a field is a process.
1: And you There's have to, and you have to be pa- and you have to be patient. You know, these results are not going to come what's overnight. That, what's that word? Patient? Patience patience, <laughs> patience that, and consistency that's right that's right
0: and that's um and that's uh patience is it's the key it's the key but you have no, don't to these fields them. look familiar yeah yeah yeah. exactly right well and that's what you know as a, as a generic thought you know it's the middle of the field on the goal mouth closest to the parking lot and this doesn't matter if this this could be in yeah, I'll, I, can, I can get a photo from our office in Japan. I can get a photo from, from somebody in Brazil. I can get a photo from somebody in California. I can get some photo from somebody in West Virginia. It's the goal mouth closest to the parking lot, right in the middle of the field every single time. And that's the area that needs more work. The whole field, this whole field doesn't need an equal amount of work, does it? Or either one of these. It's the, it's the areas that get the most use that need the most
1: work. It's crazy, and,
0: and and when you break it down into this total square footage, I mean you're you're talking about a two a, a full size field would be a two would be two acres would be about eighty five thousand square feet, or let's we're talking about less than twenty thousand square feet that really need you know at Maryland soccerplex. We maintain the the middle twenty five thousand square feet of our fields completely different than the remaining three quarters of our field because so much traffic is right in the middle of that field, right in, a, right in, you know, right in the spot that it doesn't matter if it's lacrosse or, or soccer or football or whatever it is, it's overlapping. It's down the middle, it's down the middle, it's down the middle, even if we shift it a little bit, it's still in the middle. So we, you know, we have different equipment, we have a different philosophy, we, we approach everything differently, we water it differently, we do everything differently through the middle of that field because that's the only way we're going to, to get maximum usage out of our fields is to be able to maintain that area differently. Um, I I think this is a this is a fun photo that uh, this is a professional level field that we were preparing with with Paris Saint Germain in, in China a couple of years ago uh, in preparation for our training camp. And, th- and this is nothing to do with the, the field manager of this field. It just the, the map just shows that the red area on the map. You see goal mouth goal mouth on one end, goal mouth on the other end. You can t- can you tell which end that the locker room is on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. It's it's at all levels because it has nothing to do with the field or the, the team. It's the field maintenance. And our maintenance has to change, has to evolve to be able to, to meet the demands of the teams. Now, if a coach wants to make if wants to practice on his end of the field every single time, well then that's his prerogative. Uh, we would love for them to move around, but, you know, it's our job as field managers to try to offset that usage. So so in this red area, the, the amount of energy that was being absorbed by the soil was 52%. And the, in the dark green area, the amount of energy being absorbed by the soil was 78%. So that shows the, the difference in compaction level because the energy is not getting into the soil. And that's, that's a dramatic difference. And that's on a pro-level field. And, and so it, so you're not alone you know, I just showed that photo of, of some pork fields of you know, having issues. It's at all levels. Um, I mean, we've just come into the infancy of, of data and field surfaces. Um, we're only about, I mean, we as a, we as a, a firm at Natural Aggressive Azure Group, from a data standpoint, have only been in business for, for, like I said, the data business for four and a half years. Um, you know, sports science is, a, is an evolving thing. All you as coaches are dealing with that. Uh, field science is an evolving thing and, and it's making it easier to maintain our fields. Um, you don't need maps like this to do it. Just focus on your, you know where your high traffic areas are. Um, one thing you could do as well, I just, I just thought of this was um, put, put a drone up. Take your drone that you might, if you have a drone that you use to maybe record some training sessions or just hobbyists with your drone, Take some photos above the field. Dramatic what you can see when it comes to field conditions. You'll see your thin areas. And it's that the SkyCam, the SkyCam is a field manager's worst nightmare because from above, you can see everything. So when you start you start putting your drone up, you can see the areas that need to be focused on. And if it's green, hey, good to go. If it's not, you know, we've all your maintenance there a little bit more. so. Um, I just, I put this last one of these last photos in here, the importance of grass varieties like this, this field split down the middle, this was an experiment that we did back in 2013, same play, same maintenance, same everything. It's just the difference in the grass varieties. And we were getting better traffic tolerance out of one. And obviously we changed most of our, most of the fields of soccerplex changed to the grass variety that was on the right. Is like, hey, that's how we get more use out of our fields. It's important. Like, it's this dramatic by, you know, when I'm talking about the difference in quality seed or changing different grass varieties. So it's, um, it can be that simple. Like, it can, you know, something like that can make that bigger difference. So it's, um, it's really, really, really helpful when it comes to that. So did you have any other questions that popped into your mind?
1: No, no, that's pretty much about it. I mean, I think you gave us a lot of uh, great information, a lot of tidbits that we can use going forward to kind of help our uh, grassroots uh, soccer programs figure out what they need to be looking for, what they need to be doing. And also, like I said, some practical advice on that. Speaking with Jared Minnick, Director of Grounds for Maryland SoccerPlex, Lead Advisor, Natural Grass Advisory Group, and Field Surface Advisor for Major League Soccer. Jared, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Oh,
0: thanks for the time. Thanks for the interest. Keep at it. Keep at it.
1: And thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.